Everyone faces questions and decisions that require insight and answers as we move forward personally, professionally, and corporately in all areas of this thing we call life in America today. Hello, this is Joe Schofield, and I invite you to tune in every Monday evening from 6 to 7 p.m. as we talk together and hear from key leaders of all ages and backgrounds about your questions. Interesting, informative, intuitive, but always encouraging. Tune us in on BBS Radio Network. Join Pastor Joe and co-hosts Ron Greer, Dr. Paul Hall, Stephanie Thayer and Dr. Craig Thayer in Raising Expectations. Well, good evening, friends. Hey, thanks for tuning in tonight to Raising Expectations. We are thrilled to have you with us, and I uh, hope you've had a great day. Boy, elections taking place across the nation tomorrow, and uh, a lot of good things are happening, and we're sure praying. And uh, be make sure you get out there and vote and do your part. It's great to be a citizen of the United States of America and have the right to vote. So make sure you get out there and vote. So uh, we, we've taken care of that, and we're looking forward to see what happens tomorrow. Hey, also, I want to thank you for tuning in uh, to our regular BBS radio television uh uh, network or that you see uh, that we're on right now live, but also for following us on BBS. They are the best in the world. We also are thrilled that you're following up with us on Facebook and on YouTube, Twitter, and uh, LinkedIn. So uh, thanks for showing up and thanks for getting back to me on things. And it's always a pleasure to have you watching. And we hope that you are encouraged and blessed. Uh, we've got one of our favorite people and her husband. The two of them together are a tremendous couple. We're tri- tickled pink that they're going to be with us tonight. Actually, we are tickled pink. It got really cold here today. The temperature <laughs> just dropped down. It is so cold right now outside that I forgot my sweater, but it's all right. Anyway, but uh, for those of you who are listening in from South Dakota, you guys are great. Go, Christy Nolan. I bet you're colder than us. But anyway, we're going to move right along. We're thrilled you're here. Two of our, our wonderful people, as you know, on our, our co-host team, I'm Pastor Joe, you know me, and I'm thrilled to introduce you each week, these people. They are a blessing, they're God's finest, and they have blessed my life more than anybody I can remember. I want to start on the West Coast always with my friend for over 50 years, and that's Dr. Paul Hall from Lompoc, California. Very good, very good. That's it, the Lompocians live there, and we are the glad that Paul is there. Yeah. Works very hard. Paul is a theologian, a retired pastor. He started Christian schools. He's done so many things. Most of all, he's a great friend, a brother in Christ, and a a man who walks in the steps that God's prepared for him. And uh, he's got great things to share on on just about everything we ever talk about. You're going to love getting to know him, as many of you have. Uh, Paul Hall is just uh, the best you'll find. Now, if we go all the way across the nation, we'll find that we don't have anybody there tonight. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because actually, we just we got the news tonight. They are out of town, and uh, they couldn't be here tonight. So, Doctor and Mrs. Thayer, you know, Steph and Craig, or Tank, as we knew, they are uh, on a trip there with their family, and uh, they couldn't be here. And she's not happy about that because our guest tonight is one of her very favorite people in the whole world, and uh, she's very sad. But we're going to get him back again. We're going to keep him coming. <clears throat> 
We're getting right now. We're doing a survey of all the favorite people that we bring in and that you share with me. And I guarantee the Cintrons are right at the top of that list. And we thank God for what they do, who they are, and that they'll be with us uh, this coming year also. So, and sooner than that. So, we're excited about that. So, the Thayers are out. We'll be praying for them. They'll be back next week. And uh, then if we go to Central America, again, the great state of Texas, and in the middle of the great state of Texas, in the middle of the United States, in McKinney, you will find one of our favorite pastors in the world. <laughs> That's right. Pastor Ron, he's loved by so many people, too. And more than that, he's got great depth, great insight in, in the world, what's going on. The guy's done everything, run for Congress, loves his family, his home. He's uh, with Man in the Mirror. Uh, mm-hmm. He's a great discipleship group. And the thing I love about this is Ron helps men discover who they are in the Lord Jesus Christ. And when he does that, he helps them to understand through the scripture where they've been and get a good grasp of where they are and then help them to launch forward because of the love that he shares from Christ in their lives. So uh, he does a job that uplifts men. And the neat thing about that is... uh, uh, Brother Cintron, I want to call Will tonight. He he also does that. He can say a word about that. He and Ron do a lot of that together. Yeah, they're on the same team on that one. So uh, it's, we're just thrilled. There's there's so many wonderful things in, in these people. So I get blessed just thinking about it. So I'm going to bring you back right now because we're going to go into tonight's program with our special guest. We have Dr. Marianne and Will Cintron from Southern California. We've had there here tonight. Yeah, warmed up already. We're set to go. She is a specialist, I tell you, a specialist in dyslexic tendencies and how to help people grow and to learn, how to teach children. I mean, she has, um, you're going to see, she's going to talk about a lot of her things tonight, and she's going to show you how to go, uh, whoops there, it'd be better if I went like this. So you could see, yeah, that's a lot better. She's going to share a lot with you tonight about where you can get in touch with some of the things that she does to help your children and in light of where the education's been with uh, the last couple of years, she will be a tremendous asset for you. Every mother and dad who work with her, they simply love, and she may share some of that tonight, how she helps them to see who they are, because everybody is special. Every child is a special creation of God, and he has something special to do in their lives. So without any further ado, and uh, you've got Ron Paul and I tonight, and uh, Ron Paul, that sounds good, doesn't it? That kind of sounds like somebody in Congress. That's right. Okay. You heard that name, Ron Paul. Yeah, that's a ticket. <laughs> yeah, you catch that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm thinking of a singing group, actually, but that's okay. I go with that. Yeah, that'll work. That'll work. <laughs> Marianne and Ron, we have so much fun tonight, but we're going to get so serious tonight. You will think that you are on a very scholarly thing, but uh, I know they're a lot of fun, too. So let's welcome Marianne and Will Centrum from Southern California. Thanks for being on the show tonight. Hello, and- it's wonderful Hello. to be here. And here you go. Lead us on, Marianne. Share with us, and we're excited. Well, it's very interesting, um, the transition that's in my life right now, because I've been working for three years helping dyslexic people with my YouTube channel. And... Um, Recently, I've been teaching some kids that I work with in a home hospital setting who are in a mod severe condition. And last year, I taught them preschool readiness. This year, I've been teaching them kinder readiness. And it just occurred to me that there are probably so many parents out there who want to know how to help their kinder kids because um, the schools just aren't helping them enough. 
And I went back into some of my old videos, and I usually don't do that. I usually just move forward. But I went into one of my old videos where I did webinars for kindergarten. And this was three years ago. And I remember the Lord woke me up to do Mm -hmm. these webinars. This is three years ago, so pre-COVID, right? Mm -hmm. Even then, um, the statistics were staggering. Six out of 10 kids weren't kinder ready. I had um, 49% of the preschoolers weren't enrolled in any kind of programs, but parents don't know how to help their kids at home and they don't know how to get them ready. So, um, and the thing is, if kids are falling behind in kindergarten, it puts them in a continuous cycle of catch up, mm-hmm. not the food, <laughs> but <laughs> catch up. And yeah. then um, if they do get on the right track and learn reading, it's going to help them set the stage for later years for earning money in careers that are helpful for them. So um, I think it's very interesting. I, I'm feeling really passionate about these books that my own children used over 25 years ago. Wow. They're called Beginning, Read, Write, and Listen. And I'm doing um, some YouTubes on them. I put some on uh, YouTube already. I put three of them. I'm going to show you these fun little books, what they look like. Excellent. They have, um, so it's interesting because the way we teach the letters, how you write them is with a C stroke. And there's other letters that are called the the C stroke. And I think the woman who wrote these books, her name is Pleasant T. Rowland. She has (laughs) since sold these books, but the, um, the O is a C stroke letter. The G is a C stroke letter. The U isn't, but she introduces a vowel early on. The A is a C stroke letter because you make the C and you close it up. Mm-hmm. And the D is a C stroke letter. And, you know, I've been trained in Norton Gillingham and in the science of reading. And I just hold this to my chest. It's just so remarkable that these concepts were taught over 25 years ago. <laughs> so what, what I'm doing is I've partnered with the publisher McGraw Hill, and I'm going to be one of their resellers now. So I'm going to do a campaign where families, parents, speech pathologists, homeschool moms can buy even teachers. They can buy the curriculum through me, at, and I'm going to give my discounted price to them. I don't wow. want to make money off this. I want to get the word out. So mm-hmm. I'm going to include um, picture cards that are, you know, you can use them to help the children learn the beginning, the middle, and the ending sounds of words. I'm going to include my fo- small set of phonogram cards and a word list. So because all these books used to be wor- used to be used with tapes. So it would say, listen to the tape and listen to the rhyme or listen to the to the story or listen to the words. Well, now I'm going to provide those for the teachers or the parents. And I'm rewriting the instructions. So these are reprints. So imagine 25 years later, the um, publisher has had somebody um, reprint them or rewrite the instructions on the back. But the instructions aren't as clear as they should be. So I'm rewriting those instructions for everybody who signs up through me. And I'm going to do this two ways. I'm going to have an initial purchase, $99. 
And then, so, then I'm going to have an um, annual subscription that would be $20 a month. So what kind of deal, right? What a great deal. Right, so yeah. people who um, do the 20 a month subscription will get all my video recordings of all these books and the extra instructions. And then I'm always learning more and more about helping kids with kindergarten, in kindergarten. Like today, I came up with this wonderful uh poster that I used to have. When I was in my teaching program, it actually, I got this and it talked about attention, um, language, the neuro, neuro motor functions, higher cognition, memory, and it breaks it down, kindergarten, first grade, second grade. So I'm going to do videos to talk about this kind of stuff too, to really help teachers. So I'm talking and talking. Can I share one more thing, which is really exciting? Go ahead. Yeah, that's it. You're you're the guest. (laughs) One of my board members watched my video on the letter C. And he said, you know, Marianne, you have, it's about 20 minutes and you go through all the pages. If you add another 10 minutes, you could actually just instruct from the book. And that way teachers can upload this on their screen, Mm -hmm. have the children learn from you and they can walk around their classroom and help the kids who are struggling. Yeah, good idea. So I'm going to do that. with the. I've uploaded the first three already. I might redo them. But I'm going to start now again with the other videos and follow that model. I think that's a wonderful idea. That's great. Yeah, that'd be excellent. So so the, uh, the videos will be a part of your subscription or separate right. altogether? Yeah, okay. so right now there's three videos that are already getting lots of views. This letter right. C has already had over a thousand views wow. in um less than a week. Wow. Yeah, wow. so they're getting out there. Um there's I the first three I put up. So when I record the other um twenty-four, <laughs> twenty-one, what I'm gonna do is record them as a whole lesson and keep a snippet out. So one of my favorite parts of the lesson I'll show to the public to give them an idea and a taste of what, what it'll look like if they want to subscribe. Oh, that's great. Personal touch with the family. Yeah. yeah. Ron, do you have a thought there? Oh, I'm sorry. My, my question would be, um, I think 25 years, 25 years old. Um, mm-hmm. What are we doing now? <laughs> and, right? I, and I was wondering, why do you leave what's effective to do? It just, it's been all, always been one of my pet peeves. It's right. like the further we go, the further we get away from what's, what's effective. I, 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 my kids are full-grown adults. I got grandkids now. But I remember having the fight with my, our kids' school because all our kids learned to read phonically at home. Yes. And they were always advanced when they went to school. And yet the school fought like crazy to get them to learn whole language and not phonics. I'm going, but they're doing well and they're learning like crazy with phonics. Why? I don't know. I just always wonder why, what, why have they changed and what have they changed to if we're not doing what you, what you were showing? Right. Sorry. They've changed to whole word, which is memorizing the words as a picture. Mm-hmm. And when they do that, the picture is going to go to the right side of the brain where pictures are stored. So they mm-hmm. won't have that retrieval of, of sounds and phonemes and phonics in the left side of the brain, which is the language center. Yeah. of a non-dyslexic person. And so when we work with dyslexic children, we're trying to retrain the brain 
so that the left side of the brain, the left angular gyrus is strengthened like Pilates of the brain. So the whole word, you know, the whole word, there's sight words. Yeah. So people have to memorize sight words. That's why they're called sight words. Right. But what they've uh, done is used whole word to teach all the words. And, mm. you know, um, we want to get kids away from looking at pictures to associate with yeah. the words. So even though zoophonics, I understand has been very effective. But a kid shouldn't have to see an elephant every time they want to say the sound E, right? For E. (laughs) You want to get away from the pictures. Or they don't, yeah. Um, Well, you know, and I I just, I'm not sure if we were just just too dumb to know, but, you know, it's, they love like Dr. Seuss and those kinds of things. And somehow the phonics allowed them to learn to spell and then recognize words with those phonic sounds. Uh, long before they could recognize the whole, I mean, they, you could see a word, but they would sound it out. Well, the middle son in particular, he would simply sound out a word eventually and then sort of know the word. Um, it just, I don't know. It just seemed like it was so effective back then. And what they were trying to do and they changed over to just didn't do well. My kids didn't do well with it. Uh, our middle son uh, went to school early uh, and they basically kept trying to hold him back and came a big legal fight for us. Well, a threatened mm-hmm. legal fight because he was, he was too advanced for the class and going, well, why can't you teach what he's the way he's learning here? Anyway, sorry, but I think it's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. You know, one thing that stands out too is these books are not intended for dyslexic children. There's a lot yeah. of concepts going in, but when mm. you read this, um, there's a kinder readiness printout. I just pulled printed out right. identifying mm. uh, when kids are getting kinder ready they should know sounds and the sounds and the letter names for many letters. Okay. Oh, um, recognize the sounds. Um, oh, paying attention for a short period of time with adult direction. Follow simple directions. Mm. There's a lot of learning that takes place, and these books are filled with a lot of concepts. Sure. So it could be a little difficult for dyslexic children. So mm. I think it's really cool that that could be a heads up for that that teacher. Or that parent, if this isn't easy for my child, there could be something going on in her in the brain that we just need to address differently. And what that looks like is then how you teach dyslexic children. You break one concept up at a time. You teach one concept, you review it. Teach another one, review it. And you pull in one extra. Um, as you teach. So it's sort of, sort of build on it. That's right. It's cumulative. And that's part of. Excuse me. They say it's uh, sequential and systematic and cumulative. It builds mm. on the new concept, and you're always bringing in some of the review. But these books, whew, they're full wow. with a lot of stuff. Kids are using scissors. They're cutting things out. They're pasting them. They're connecting letters, uppercase to lowercase. Mm. They're looking at pictures, identifying words that begin with that sound. But they're very engaging, and that's why I liked them so much. When my kids were in were in kindergarten, I was a room mom, and I loved it. <laughs> and um, I remember working at the centers with the kids. And when we had enough parents helping, I'd be putting stuff on the bulletin boards. But I loved it, and I I went, "This is really fun." But I also realized if the if the parents or teachers weren't trained how to work with these kids. And didn't have this kind of these kind of books, they could have set the kids on the wrong trajectory. And, mm-hmm. 
And I just loved Mrs. DeLong, who was my, both my teacher's kindergarten teacher. Well, working with something like that, too, it sounds like all the different things that they get to do in a book like that. One of the things that's so hard for a child, it would appear, and again, I'm not a specialist on this. I was a principal, and I'm not, I don't know what you know. <laughs> but I do know that, that my kids, if they felt like there's something they couldn't get a hold of, then the, the first tendency was step back. Oh, no. And then they said, now I'm scared. I can't do that. But if there was something they could, whether it was a site, whether it was a hands-on, whether it was something that they could create, and they had success in this, they forget about the one they were afraid of. And all of a sudden, yeah, I got this. And it seems like when they forgot about the part of it where they had a problem and they dwelt on the successful creation, whatever they did with their hands, all of a sudden it illuminated the other one and they had two hits. They both were something they could do. And yeah. isn't that important? It doesn't seem like that's always what they're doing in public schools. Well, I think yeah. having the kids engaged, you know, with so many different concepts, you know, uh, it, it excites them, you know, yeah. and wants them to be engaged and and learn. Um, you know, I might know years ago when I was going to school, it was phonics, and I yes. I remember I can re- I can go back to kindergarten, and I can <laughs> remember my kindergarten teacher. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and 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 just all the things that we were doing in kindergarten it probably doesn't mean much, you know, to a lot of kids now. Yeah. But uh, it, it it I think it made a difference. Amen. Know? I remember my first grade teacher, but it wasn't for the learning experience. <clears throat> <laughs> the one that you she can get wrong. your legs. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, when I was a, when I was a young child, uh, we. Uh, I'm I'm old enough that we didn't have kindergarten. Uh, We just jumped into first grade and took off at a high school level of reading. I'm I'm kidding about that, Barbara. (laughs) Little House on the Prairie. (laughs) We we didn't have kindergarten. I have a question for you, Marianne, and and we'll just jump in on this. Suppose that you've got a child who the readiness gap has been so wide that they – even the thought, uh, anytime you suggest to them, well, you need to spend about 30 minutes reading today, and they would rather take uh, a broken arm than read. They they just des- they despise the concept, and uh, and try to explain to them this whole world that's available through reading. If you learn to do this, and how you yeah. can build on this, what advice would you have for a parent, uh, for example, uh, who has a child like that, who 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 has fallen behind, let's let's assume that would, would be true, uh, who's fallen behind, but how do you encourage a child to be excited about the concept of reading and comprehension, things like that? Well, two things stand out. One of them is get books that they are interested in. Mm-hmm. We used to go to the library and our kids would get, t- you know, 12 books each and they would read them over and over again. Now, dyslexic kids don't like going to the library but you could take them to the section of something they're interested in, whether it's animals, dependent on the age, or cooking, or our son used to love sports, athletes. So um, get something they're interested in, and then have them stop after 10 minutes, take a break, and then come back another 10 minutes, take a break. I think breaking up the reading, as they get older, they could go longer, um, maybe read for 15 or 20 minutes if they're middle school and high school. But but people need breaks and um, it's yeah. <laughs> I know. Like a little time I, I, out. Wish, I wish my my parents and teachers knew that, Marianne. That you about. <laughs> 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 you <laughs> don't. I know. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I was because I was one of those kids, Paul. I mean, I to this very yeah. day, I don't I don't particularly like libraries. <laughs> just, right. just childhood yeah. scars. I just I mean it it came to reading, it was the most torturous thing to me. I just it right. just never made sense until I got a little older. I don't somehow the I don't know why it clicked, but just younger, younger, younger age. Yeah. And the other thing is I I stuttered and, and people mm-hmm. still have find it hard to believe. I stutter when I read. Mm-hmm. And it, oh, it's, no. it's really? a concept it doesn't make sense to anybody. How about Gilmer Pyle? When you uh, sing, <laughs> like Gilmer Pyle. Yeah, yeah, I do. I, seriously, I sing, when I sing, I don't stutter. Yeah. yeah. And it's happening it's to that, a different part of your brain. Yeah. And I've, 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 and there's, I've sung most of my life. I still sing habitually. There's always music in my head. Always. Yeah. It just yeah. my, drives my wife crazy. <laughs> do you remember so the these, country these uh, books? These uh, books, yeah. they don't the book. use music um, yeah. the way my other reading program does to help dyslexia. But um, I do have an app, and the app is CDSM. It's on iOS and Android. And I do read the letter names and sounds on the first. The music is the first exercise. And the second exercise are the letter names and sounds. So kids could review that app. And, um, you know, you could get these headphones that go behind the ears. They don't have to go into the ears for little kids, which they don't like that. So they're um, bone conduction headphones. And they clip on the ears and it goes in the same way. I mean, the sound goes in the same way. And kids could start practicing writing by listening to the app. I think that would be a remarkable thing. You know, I wanted to um, address, this is really funny. I'm getting a request to work with um, kindergartners who are um, just not keeping up with a sibling Mm -hmm. as something I can help, you know, the parent realize, does your child have those tendencies? When they're in kindergarten, they like to put them in speech classes, Mm -hmm. but in, in college as well, I'm getting, I've had inquiries for college students but what what it looks like in college, you'll have kids who can, they graduate from high school, they comprehend, they read, they're intelligent. But when they write, they're going to have those same symptoms of or characteristics, adding and omitting letters and syllables, no punctuation. Mm. They won't know the, the words that third graders st- struggle with, like contractions, or we call vowel teams like E-W-I-E. They have the same breakdown in their writing. And mm-hmm. so when those college kids get assessed, they can get accommodations in college to mm-hmm. allow them more time on their tests, to have a peer edit their papers, or, you know, have some assistive technology with grammar and spell checks. But um, more time on tests and assignments would be really helpful for these young adults in college. Amen. Amen. That's what my son teaches. He's a... Uh... He was an English literature major. Where's <laughs> <laughs> TJ? But anyway, he, uh, yeah. he, up, he, he didn't plan on doing that, but they found that need that you just said was so prevalent that they uh, they brought him in and he started writing his stuff. And he's at a community college up in Washington that has about 5,000 students and feeds Washington, Spokane, Washington State, and Gonzaga. 
And uh, he writes this stuff for them, and he comes up with stuff. He puts all that together, and then he does some with the music because he's a bass player, of course, with the Miranda group. But he uh, oh. he uh, he does all kinds. Of, he does you know how the music stuff, Ron, how it goes, Paul, where they show the bass notes on the computer. I mean, he works that kind of stuff for showing them how to read, so that when they get out of that course in the in a two year JC, you know, they can move on to the university and be able to do exactly what you said, right? understand what a thesis is, understand uh, intro, you know, content, what it's all about, what they do. They're clueless, but but doing the things that you do, even with that age group, like you were just saying, you can do that. He's found it to be really successful. He would say, amen, corroborate that. Yeah, I, I wish more colleges would reach out to me for consulting and um, junior colleges who need help with their the, the students who are struggling with writing. And even the colleges with the teacher programs, I, I spoke last time when we were on the program that I was able to give some feedback into the education, uh, not the frameworks, but the, the new uh, bills that were written that said the teachers have to learn about dyslexia, how to assess for it, recognize it, assess for it, and how to provide intervention. Um, you know, I would love colleges to reach out to me because I'd love to help their teacher programs. Learn some of the stuff that I, I'm trained in. Amen. Paul, did you have a thought? I knew you had a good thought a minute ago. <laughs> right, Ron? He had one. Did you see it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just went right through my brain. I was, I'm was. i curious, Mary, based on something you just said, um, to put it in a bigger context, who makes, who's in a position to be making these decisions on what's to be included or excluded in in the reading and writing curriculums, for example. You know, I mean, where, where are those decisions made? Yeah, so in California, it's the uh, CDC, California, um, CTC, T- California uh, Credentialing, Teacher Credentialing Programs in California. Every state uh-huh. will have their their state credentialing programs. And then we had a a bill signed by Governor Newsom that the schools had to do that. But, you know, back back in 2015, when the schools were mandated to assess for dyslexia with um, George Brown signed an assembly bill, um, they still weren't doing it. And the colleges were supposed to start acting back then. So Mm -hmm. Governor Newsom signing another one this last year or this year is bringing it to their attention. And there's organizations called um, International Dyslexia Association and Decoding Dyslexia who have been real long, loud voices to input information to help mm-hmm. guide guide how we do things. Yep. Uh, Marianne, a couple questions on, the, on that line. Uh, and that, well, three questions, three questions in particular. Number one. Um, I like this. He's <laughs> good. <laughs> just, just for those folks who are tuning in for the first time, uh, how many people and what portion of our population do you think deals with dyslexia? Okay, so 20% or one in five people has mm-hmm. dyslexia. Mm-hmm. And when, it's interesting when you think about 35% of the entrepreneurs in the United States are dyslexic. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're creative people. So... They're going to uh, be successful in different ways and not have their future determined by how they write or how they read. 
So any any idea for those folk out there how that takes place? You know, someone can be that successful and be dyslexic. Now, I, I, this may be rumor or something, but did I understand like Einstein was dyslexic, may have been dyslexic? That's right. Mm-hmm. Einstein, um, Leonardo da Vinci, Walt Disney, Steven Spielberg, Winston Churchill. I had somebody tell me, that these people had families that were supportive of them and probably had money. I know mm-hmm. Winston Churchill had one-on-one intervention, but right. there's a movie about one of the Kings. Uh, do you remember which King it was? Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember that. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, when people have money, um, they can help. I, I, it's, it's hard when you talk to families who, whose kids need help and they just don't have the money to pay for intervention. I've done, or, or even find out. Uh, that just I, it astounds me how many parents just sort of never knew that kids were dyslexic. I, that that's the other thing that just kind of boggles my brain. In particular, with with the um, a lot of urban families that that, that I have contact with, it, you know, analyzing what's going on with their children is sort of uh, sort of drops on the on their priority list. It's always the no money. You know, trying to find a job, getting things paid, just getting the kids fed, uh, and then they push them out, assuming the school's going to do things. And mm-hmm. I wanted to, I mean, it's just astounding and, and horrifying at times when you find kids who are middle school and high school. Mm-hmm. The, the school has never, never diagnosed it. The parents never thought, thought they just thought the kid is disruptive. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're kind of, they're bad or hard headed. Uh, and you find out that no one in this kid's sort of world. Even even thought about well, wait a minute. Maybe he's had, he's dyslexic. Maybe she is. She has these issues at all. So I mean, going back to your question about this, this law being passed, is that a, just in California? Is that a part of the National Teachers uh, sort of emphasis, or do you know outside of California? Well, we have have an ed code in California, and every state has their own ed code to mm. provide intervention for dyslexic kids. Now. Mm. Um, I yeah, I believe every state has their own um bill or law requirement mm-hmm. to teach the teachers. The teachers were addressed in 2015, but now it's like there's a new bill. I think it's Assembly mm-hmm. Bill 488. It's a new bill just for California, but the other states will have theirs. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. If if they if they recognize it, like I think a lot of the kids that um, get thrown into you know special ed. They have they have right. a learning disability, so right. they don't really uh, diagnose them. They just all right. clump them together. So, yeah, right. what is yeah, their yeah. learning disability? Is it dis- is it dyslexia or is it something else? Mm-hmm. But if they never get tested. Nobody ever knows, and then you just push them along. Well, you, you know, you, last you, week you say that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Last week, I actually advocated for a family with a young child. He was um, a fourth grader, but I advocated for the family to get him three hours a week, which isn't, we're going to work towards it because they have a calendar of you need 60 days to have them do the assessment because I did an assessment, but at least mm-hmm. they're increasing his hours of intervention. And mm-hmm. what I was really pleased to see was that they had an Oregon Gillingham trained administrator at the meeting and um so I know that she and she knows when you're working with inter, intervention, you need three or four days a week. So that right. was really good. 
And then I asked the question, well, the person who's going to be provided the intervention, do they have the Orrin Gillingham training? Or it's it's the science of reading. Do they know how phonics works and how everything has to be systematic and sequential and cumulative? And they said, yes. So I just encouraged the parent, put that calendar on your refrigerator. Every time your son comes home from school, let him put a happy face when he has his intervention because you got to follow up and be sure they're getting what they're promised. But families need advocacy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you mentioned uh, my my brother uh, was passed away, but brother under me. Uh, He was in special ed. uh, Well, back back then they called it special C (laughs) throughout (laughs) middle school and his first probably three years of high school. Uh, Just barely squeaked past to get out. Uh, Went into the military, came back, got married, and then a number of years later went, went to college. Uh, started college uh, in Milwaukee, four-point average, 3.9, 3.8. Just brilliant off the charts. And no one in our family, no one, any, no one who knew him would have thought, uh, who went to school with him, rather, thought he was uh, that intelligent, that brilliant. Wow. No one. And even my case, uh, I went on the military. They did a IQ test. I didn't really get what the, what the whole deal was, but they met with me afterwards for a special program. I had an IQ of 123, and I barely, barely finished high school also. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, but again, there was no one there saying, okay, there's something going on with your son. Yeah. Uh, you know, you should intervene here and there. It just, and I, I didn't discover until I was in the military that I was, my learning style was different. I, I there were things that other guys couldn't get that made perfect sense to me. And there are things they did academically that mm-hmm. <laughs> the same way. So, but one, one other question, um, as far as the children go, the material you have now, um, uh, wow, my brain kind of took a little break for a second, came back. <laughs> so, so it's available to homeschoolers and parents outside of, uh, of teachers in school. So they, I mean, it's available on your site and they can walk, go through the program themselves as subscribers. Uh, so that, that's correct, right? I'm just doing the campaign now. If they go to my website, dyslexia-solutions.com, they can access it there in my, in my, um, if they want to purchase when I, I, you know, there's a pop-up that shows something to purchase. I've uploaded it there, but I am going to be doing a a real special campaign. Okay. So yeah. And, and this could be charter schools who have more, a little bit more flexibility than the public schools. Yeah. And of course, private schools. And I, I, I'm school. thinking about the homeschool networks that I, I'm connected yeah. with, yeah. associate with. All right. So I, I'd like to be to send them a link and oh, that'd be great. I'm excited about it. Excellent. Okay. Excellent. That's good, Ron. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's one of those issues that kind of like tank. It kind of hits home with me because it's a little personal. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I yeah. just feel like I was neglected for a number of years and finally some crazy screaming military drill sergeant discovered something that a teacher did, didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something. You know, one thing we talked about with the college students is ha- knowing what the big picture is for the assignment of the class, but breaking it into parts. So, mm. you know, one week you're working this on these concepts and skills. The second week you're covering this concept and skill. The third week and then at the very end of the semester or the quarter, you just turn everything in, but everything has already been looked at and already right. been graded. 
So by the time you get to the end of the quarter semester, your paper is ready and your professor can just sign it off, you know, because Mm -hmm. it's an, it's an A you've worked on it. That's how I, when I went through Argus university, every class I had was like that. Mm. And when I hear of professors at junior college or even, you know, Mm. at the junior college level or university, I think that's a beautiful model to work with the kids. So you don't need to give accommodations other than maybe a little bit more time, but everybody's being uh, trained to be successful because of that kind of a model. Right. A part to hold. (laughs) We're a a faith Christian for John Brooks is from. Remember John, Ron, you guys remember John Brooks? Uh, For him, they're like, like my boys, you know, when I was a pastor, those kids were always singing in my church and, and uh, they wrote a song, and it fit really good because we were the so many Christian schools were lions. They got the corner on the market, I guess. But we were the you know, <laughs> faith Christian lions, and uh, home of the pride, you know. But uh, they had a song out, uh, something, something. Open the gate, let the lion run free. Uh, you, you wait to find what God has done. Let the lion run free. And that's what we use that key song on is what you were saying about telling the teachers they've got seven ways they can learn seven different steps that may seem something they can use. Like Ron was saying, you know, mm-hmm. hands on thinking, I didn't remember them all, but they said, and we use that on, uh, on the community stuff we did, let the lion run free, open, open the gates, let the lion run free. So I think that idea, Man, Ron, if you get it to homeschools, you should get that to Steph. To Stephanie, probably doing that though, because she sure she just loves you guys. But um, is is there? We need to put that thing out there. We'll make sure we get that out with you because I got a feeling after tomorrow's election and coming into the new year, um, there's going to be like we've talked about with John Brooks, a lot of people looking to Christian schools. I'd love to see our public schools come back and make a big comeback. That's a, another topic in and of itself. But, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I have that many years to live, but I don't know. But you never know what God can do. But in the meantime, there's so many kids right now that need what you just said, Marianne, to be able to. Well, I think the first step is going to start getting prayer back in the schools. When we start inviting God back into the public schools, Mm -hmm. our kids are going to get help. Ten Commandments in the front office. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. And when they go for detention, they could. <laughs> Mama bears are taking over big time across since since Virginia, right, Ron? They're going all the way across. Absolutely. And you put those mama bears that love God, and they're going to open that gate and let the lion run free. You know, they're yeah. going to do that. Well, you, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm still the marvel at the number of uh, uh, parents who've gone into homeschooling. Uh, just you know, just a couple of networks I'm I have contact with just exploded. Like, that was mm-hmm. one of the sort of blessings of COVID. Uh, yeah, right. parents yeah. who began to understand what was happening in schools and what mm-hmm. wasn't happening, and mm-hmm. so now that I mean they're probably in the one network I know of, uh, they're they're looking at some three or four thousand new students in the last mm-hmm. like two, yeah. last year and a half or something like that. Wow. So I'm I'm just I'm just saying that, and they're always looking for something that's. Um, Less than traditional, I will. I won't say less. Less than modern, I put it that way. Uh, and I've noticed that a number of things they they use is pretty much things you know used when I was in school in the nineteen sixties. Uh, it's for some reason they find them to be more effective, uh, and especially especially in the, the areas of um, of uh, reading and history. 
I'm not sure what the what the what the uh, specialty is there, but that seems to be every time I see, hear, see something new from them, it's involved push history. Back, yeah, push back to Ron, like you were saying, push back to classical education in a way. They may not become a classical stool, school. They'll still have all the other things, but you know, with English and history and rhetoric, and debate, and all these key things that make a young boy or young girl discover who they really are, what they really do like. And they do have to be able to read to get into that. They should continue that, like you're saying. But when they put all those things out there, that student has a chance to become, you know, all that they can be, not end up in the army, but like the song said, but still they can be all they can be. (laughs) Yeah, that was me. Marine Corps, Marine Corps. Anyway. I want to say again, yeah, how, right, I mean, right. how amazing uh, the, the, the work you're doing. I, it's, Amen. It's, I just don't think people just have no idea how, how critical it is. They really don't. Mm-hmm. I, it's, sure. If you, 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 you damage a kid that first few years of school mm-hmm. and it sets a trajectory the rest of the time they're in school and afterwards. Uh, I can, I can, I can attest to that and I can introduce to a number of people I know they're the same way. Uh, just they've never recovered uh, I, by the grace of God and some divine intervention on my part. But there's like my brother never recovered. They just didn't. So I, I just want to commend you for that. I really, I really. Well, do. thank God. you. And, you know, one thing that stands out is as I was a classroom teacher for eight years and mm-hmm. you need to do what you can do to pass your students. Yes. And how many have ever you've heard of teachers dropping the worst score, you know, mm-hmm. Or yeah, yeah, doubling yeah. the high score. You know, if you pass this, I'll count it as twice. You know, we, we look for ways to help our kids be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, when the students are taking the standardized tests and they're not sh- reflecting the same score that they're getting in the classroom, that's a problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bingo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was you, right? <laughs> yeah, we helped test with a passion. <laughs> Even with the California, the cat, California achievement test going farther and farther and farther down the wall and make it easier. Still, they're having trouble. We've just got a lot of work to do. It's going to take what, what you do with students. And yeah. Paul, did you have a thought? I looked like you did. I wasn't sure. You always look. I, I just, uh, you know, I do. I, uh, I guess my frustration level is kind of high because education is so decidedly different than it was you know when i when i went through or even my children it began to change as my mm-hmm. kids went through but i was talking to a teacher uh just last week and i asked her i said well what are you instructed to teach what 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 are you instructed to teach and her answer was i've been instructed to teach to the test mm-hmm. okay and that meant I, I need to tell my students the correct answer so that when the tests are given and the standard is set, that they can score high on the test. Therefore, the money, you know, comes along with that. Sure, and I well, said, right. I said, do you have any option? I mean, can you do other than that? She said, not if I want to keep my job. Mm-hmm. You know? And so um, it, it's such a it's such a convoluted approach to education you know um and and to think about that and the importance of it uh so i i admire what you're doing marianne and will your support you know along the way i mean it's going to make a difference but how long will it take before we see you know i 
I heard an illustration that an FR, if an SR-71 spy plane were to uh, come out of the Pacific Ocean and hit the California coast and turn around, to turn around, it said it would take seven states for that SR-71 at, at, at top speed to make the turn to be able to come back. And, and I use that as an illustration and think, how long will it take before there are significant turns in public education, uh, you know, and and each little piece fitting together, Marianne, what you're doing, you know, I, I really admire that to for kids to get excited about being educated, you know, and, and it, rather than saying, oh, crud, I have to go to school today, you right. know, and, uh, and it's a terrible, terrible thing to try to deal with because uh, it's, it's easier to become impatient and just to just to tell them, well, that that's what you have to do. You know, uh, and rather than get excited about the possibilities and the potentials, you know, so that's that's just a thought. And and uh, some a couple of the guests we've had on the show at different times when I've asked specifically, you know, what can what can people do? And it seems like the answer has always been, well, run for the school board. <laughs> you know, run for the school board. Yeah. Well, you know, okay. Um, and, and I understand that, and, and I, I applaud that. Uh, but to, to lock in, to find excitement, uh, like uh, Ron mentioned Dr. Seuss, you know, and how excited that would be. Yeah. I, re- I got my vowels reinforced in, in school, A-E-I-O-U, uh, through the Three Stooges, of all people, when they sing <laughs> a little song called B-A-B-E-B-B-I-B-I-B-O-B-I-B-I-B-I-B-I-B-I-B-I-B-I-B-I-B-I-B-I-B-I-B-I-B-I-B-I-B-I-B-I-B-I-B-I-B-I-B-
Mm-hmm. Tier three is a special ed reading intervention. So teachers in special ed might not know how to help kids with dyslexia, but it's still a tier three. Tier two are the kids who are struggling in the classroom with reading. They may maybe haven't been diagnosed with dyslexia and the teachers are trying a certain intervention for those kids. And then there's a tier one, which is let's give that first intervention. Maybe we'll see it as a SST or a, a, a school study team you know, for the kids who are acting out in bad behavior, mm-hmm. you know, let's give them this kind of reading intervention help. So there's tiers one, tier two, and tier three. And the tier three is dyslexia. Um, and it's in special ed. Definitely is definitely is a problem. It had a lot of facets to it that, like we said, let's put prayer back in the school and let's start praying with those parents and teachers and find a way. And I really believe, and I'm going to chase this, but because I've got to close out, but I think we should pay our teachers top dollar when they're doing it right because they hold the future of our students in the, in in their hands and they should be paid as much as the top dollar for what they do for who they are. Yeah, I I I, I got to do Stephanie tonight. That's right. I forgot <laughs> Stephanie's not here. I got to do Stephanie. That's gonna be hey, different, gentlemen. I'm gonna jump in here tonight. I got two other pastors up here, so I know if I say anything, they'll look down and look studious. But forget. <laughs> You know, seriously, it does take money for us to make this show come to you. And we've got new things we're dying to do. And now that we're on five platforms, there's just, I keep getting things that is kind of over my head. There's things that that we can do, but we do need your help. It is your gift that makes it work. And uh, if if TJ's there, I want to tell you a real easy way to do. Just go, first of all, to bbsradio.com forward slash raising expectations and uh, bbsradio.com forward slash raising expectations. This is what you'll find on your computer. And if you'll see right here to the left, there's a little donation button there, especially if you have PayPal, it's easy. If you don't, they'll they'll take any kind of gift that you would like to give. And we'll use that specifically getting back into things that we'd like to do. So if you can help us with that, if God lays it on your heart, we could sure use the help. And uh, we want to thank you for that very, very much. And if you've got another idea, call me up. I'm open. But we'll see how that works out. We'll see how that yeah, goes. You know, I'll just share a couple of times I had trouble getting making a donation on the site. So just give Joe a call and he'll give you his PayPal account. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It'll work it out. We'll work something out. Yeah. Appreciate very much that uh, that uh, they've been of great help to us. Our special guests are special. They help to support us and we hope to support them and all they do. Well, I'm looking at uh, the sign they've come up. So ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have to to step out right now. Uh, Marianne, Will, thanks so much. God bless you. We love and Thank appreciate you, you guys. And, uh, and you're just part of our family, right? Amen. And uh, we'll be seeing you back. Uh, we're going to do something special in December, folks, and they're going to be part of that. So uh, it's coming <laughs> up here in December. We're looking forward to it. So on behalf of everybody, Will, <laughs> Will, there you Thank are. You the box. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> and Paul, God bless and keep you. Love you, Paul. Ron, okay. God bless you. Okay. Take That's care, folks. Thank you, Marianne. Will. Thank you, guys, again. Thank really you, appreciate Paul, it. Ron. <laughs> See you, Will. Thank you, man. Bless you. Friends, thanks for joining us on this week's program of Raising Expectations. We profoundly hope you found it engaging and at times humorous, but most of all, uplifting, so that we may, with you, one topic at a time each week, become more encouraged to move forward to an exciting future in, as we always say, this thing called life 
in America today. So let not your hearts be troubled, your family, finances, faith, freedom. It can be a great future as we talk, listen, respect, and pull together. Please let me hear from you. You can reach me at 972-922-8556. That's 972-922-8556 or Joe Schofield on Facebook or LinkedIn. It'd be a pleasure to know you and we hope you'll listen in again next week on the BBS Radio Network.